Hello and welcome to another episode of our Brothers Creed podcast where we talk about motivation, experiences, and we explore the world around us. We are the Thomas Brothers and I'm Jared. And I'm Ethan. And today we're going to be talking about non-traditional therapies. So there's uh, obviously lots of medical conditions out there that people suffer with every single day. And there is also a wide variety of cures of... Uh, things that will relieve symptoms or uh, therapies or something that claims to uh, improve someone's either health or physical or mental situation. Yeah. So uh, today we're going to be talking about some of these weird kind of non-traditional therapies that have happened in the past, as well as current ones that are still active today. And maybe they work. Maybe they don't. I don't yeah. know. We'll talk through some of that. All right. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Most valuable commodity I know of is information. And that, my friends, is called integrity. That's called courage. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. You're not the devil. You're practice. Okay, so some of these therapies, I know that you had kind of pulled some from past, pulled some from current. I, I mine are, both of mine are kind of more modern. Actually, I have I have two, and then some smaller ones that are more modern. Uh, but I know you've got some from ancient days. So let's maybe let's talk. Maybe let's start long ago. Yeah. So I I was kind of interested in this. I whenever I heard these therapies, the first thing that popped into my head was like old wives tales, like things that, that, you, you know, you, you say, Oh, well, I'm sick. And people say, Oh, well, you need to go, you know, do this or do Be that in the or, river. Oh, I have, <laughs> yeah. I have water in my ear. Oh, well you need to, um, you know, jump up, drink uh, a cup one, upside down. Yeah. Yeah. I have the hiccups. Oh, you need to drink a cup upside down or you need to jump up and down and hold your breath for two minutes and do this. It's like, <laughs> you know, all these different kind of weird things. Yeah. And um, I spent a couple years uh, in in Chile in South America, and it's just different culture, right? There's all these kind of weird things that people say are going to happen to you if yeah. uh, if you 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 are exposed to different things. You know, one of those things that I always thought was kind of weird is that if you're uh, if you go and and somebody is uh, you knock on somebody's door, and if it's like a little bit brisk outside. Then uh, the person that answers the door, if they were if they were ironing in the house, like if they were ironing a shirt, and at least where I was, they didn't have um, like clothes dryers. They would just uh, hang dry everything, and then they would iron it. So there's a lot of ironing. Supposedly, if you iron and then you open the door to your house and it's like brisk outside, and if if that cold air hits your mouth, then in your face, then your whole face will go crooked and seize up. And so people. <laughs> And so people would come to the door and they would cover they would cover their mouths when they would talk to you. And you're like, "Why are you covering your mouth?" And like, "Oh, I don't want my mouth to go crooked and get stuck that way." Oh gosh. You're like you're like, "What?" And like they're <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, you you should never iron with the door open or with the uh the window open cuz that'll make your mouth go crooked." <laughs> so, um that was one. Another one that I that they t- that somebody told me was that if you eat tomatoes and drink milk together, 
you would like instantly throw up. Uh, which tomatoes and milk was, never been sick. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and I was like, yeah, and I go, man, I've I've washed down quite a few BLT sandwiches with a glass of milk, and I've never gotten sick because of it. You know, another. Well, one you were was probably weren't you, drinking like straight from the cow milk, you know. Well, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if right before you went to bed, if you had a glass of ice water, you'd wake up with a cold in the morning. Oh. So those are kind of some weird things, you know, interesting kind of like remedies, let's say, kind of therapies was if you were sick, you'd uh, slice up onions and put slivers of onions in your socks and when, whenever you go to sleep. I've seen that, but with potatoes. I saw that. Yeah, you, and it was that? supposed to like, it's supposed to draw out any kind of toxins and infirmities and stuff like that. I don't know. I never did it. I saw this one thing I was going to say. That's one, that's one of the ones I was going to mention. I saw this thing on Instagram. Oh, I think it was TikTok, so who knows, but the lady... She sliced a slice of potato. She put it on her kid's foot. Put it, the kid's sock on. The kid was sick, and then she put one on her feet. And then she just left it, left two slices out on the counter. And then like three hours later, she took them. She took the ones on her feet off, and they were just like white still. The one on the counter, the slight two slices that were on the counter were just still white. And then she took the ones off her kid's feet, and they were like literally black. I'm yeah, like, what is going on? It's crazy, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Another one was if you have a if you have a fever. Like a high fever, you put you take egg whites and you put egg whites on your forehead and you let it dry, and that's supposed to get kill your fever. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess if it has kind of like a cooling type thing, you know, maybe it can kind of draw out. I don't know, but uh, people you know, they swear by it. Um, you kill a cat so, and drip its blood all over your body, and then you're like, oh yeah, so I don't want chicken box anymore. <laughs> yeah, so some other kind of wives' tales that are kind of like theories, right, is that, and, and some of them might work, right, that uh, eating carrots can improve your eyesight, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, maybe is true or not. They're rich in, you know, vitamin A and whatever they say, keratin, which can help you maintaining good eyesight. Uh, you know, oh, uh, drink, you need to eat chicken soup whenever you're sick or you mm-hmm. have a cold. That's going to make you better. Like, What do they say, starve really? a fever, feed a cold? Yeah, and then... Um, Another one is uh, drinking lemon water can boost your immune system. You know, maybe it does. Well, there's vitamin C in lemon. Apple cider helps you lose weight. Yeah. And, uh, you know, ginger. Apple cider vinegar with, it is, yeah. Yeah, apple cider vinegar. Uh, ginger can help with nausea. That's kind of one that's, well, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, um, and garlic can help lower your cholesterol is another one. Onions Which, help your testosterone. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. So those are kind of like. I guess those those are within the category of, I guess let's say true wives' tales, um, that have been like, they're like old sayings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's been some science that have been like, well, yeah, these actually do kind of have the potential to do those things. Yeah, yeah. But then you have like fake wives' tales that are, uh, that have kind of been disproven. Mm-hmm. And one of them is uh, cracking your knuckles can cause uh. arthritis. Oh, yeah. They say that that, that that has not been proven. Hmm. Um, that reading in low light or sitting too close to the TV can damage your eyes. Well, one of the things I found, yeah, one of the things I found is like it's difficult for them to do experiment, like ethically to do experimentations on people. That is true. And so a lot of these therapies, they don't stick a bunch of kids in front of the TV and see if it hurts their eyes. We're going to put these kids two feet from the TV and then we're going to put these kids 10 feet from the TV and we're going to make them do that for 20 years and we're going to see what their eyesight's different, you know? (laughs) It's like, so it's unethical to do these and then sometimes people, 
it will remember things differently or, or whatever. So it's really hard to actually control and do a controlled experiments when you're dealing with human behavior and human health. Yeah. Well, another one was that uh, shaving your hair makes it grow back thicker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that one. They were saying that one is freaking bogus. That's why, like, um, a guy on my, when I was in Mexico, he, like, he had hair, like, kind of, like, beard hair up on his cheeks, almost, like, right under his eyes. And I was like, and you could see where he would shave up to that, but he wouldn't shave it. I'm like, bro, you got to shave right here. And he's like, no, I don't want to shave that because then it'll grow back much thicker. And he wanted, like, hair growing, like, under his eye, you know? I was like, okay, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So uh, those are kind of some some interesting ones yeah. uh, that that I kind of had put together. Kind of thinking of like you know old hearsay, old sayings, right? The old wives' tales. Yeah, I remember when we did the gladiator episode, and they would put gladiator sweat in like creams and stuff. Yep, that they would sell. Yeah. Well, I have a. Or did you have any from like ancient Rome? I thought you had said you had one from. You want yeah, to do that so one first? I kind of went through. Um, I kind of broke it into a couple different categories. So I did one is uh, ancient the Roman Empire, and then the Middle Ages, and then modern times. So just kind of going through some of the ones, and it's interesting how uh, some of these are um, repeated, mm-hmm. right? And so there were many strange kind of unusual therapies believed to help your health and well-being during the, the Roman Empire. So one was uh, sw- sweat therapy or sweating therapy, mm-hmm. uh, which believes that... Uh, the Romans believed that sweating could purify the body and promote good health. And so they did a lot with uh, both saunas and, and different things, steam baths to promote sweating. That's, so maybe, there's a lot of science maybe behind that, man. Yeah, yeah. I actually just bought a sauna myself. Did I tell but, you that? But they didn't know. I mean, they didn't yeah, know yeah. that. So, you know, I and I'm not saying these 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 therapies might be considered strange or unusual, yeah. but that doesn't mean that they don't work. work yeah, effective. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Some of them might be, some of them might not be. Yeah, exactly. So another one that they did was uh, urine therapy. They believed that urine had some uh, some interesting properties that could treat various ailments. Necessary. And, um, yeah, and so that's actually one of the big ones that I dove into a little bit, so we'll talk about that one. <laughs> uh, bloodletting, yep. uh, that was very, um, very popular. That's why uh, Abe Lincoln died from bloodletting? Oh, no. Oh, no, he got I shot in the head. George... No, he got shot in the head. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I think it was, uh, I think it was George Washington. They did. Um, he was sick from a couple other things, but Let too much what I think actually him. killed him was uh, a, a loss of blood mm-hmm. um, from that. So uh, mud and minerals. They did lots of mud baths. Uh, snake therapy was one that they did. They believed mm-hmm. that snakes had therapeutic properties, and they would use them to treat different illnesses like. Um, headaches and joint pain and what, they would how would do they, anything how would they use from, the venom or something yeah they they would do anything from like eating them to like ingesting their venom to Jeez. like all different kinds of stuff uh which is kind of interesting another aromatherapy um which is not you know w- yeah. we do that today uh and then another one is i don't know specifically know how to pronounce this but helminthotherapy uh, basically, it is the belief that ingesting certain parasites, like in your body, swallowing certain parasites, like tapeworms oh, and other gosh. parasites, they thought that that would improve your overall health. That they would go in and they would clean out your system and everything else. Oh, which my. I don't know if 
eating tapeworms would be the best thing to do, but bad. I would not want that. I heard about a hunter, a bear hunter, who he killed a bear and he touched its face or something like that, and then he got like a brain worm or, or like some kind of thing in his in his brain, and then it ended up like paralyzing him for life. Yeah, apparently bears are very, very parasitic. Like, yeah. really, really bad. Oh, and yeah. so this one guy, it was this hunter guy I was watching, he was like, I don't know why people would ever eat bear meat. Oh, yeah. He was like, that stuff is so infested with worms and bacteria and everything else. Jeez. But I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. Maybe. Well, let me share one of my uh, yeah, okay. more modern ones. So this one's called primal therapy. Uh, so this one actually was invented by... Uh, a psychologist named Arthur by the by the by the Liver King. <laughs> no, uh, by oh, Arthur Primals. Yeah, exactly. Uh, primal therapy is based on the idea that neurosis is the result of repressed childhood trauma. So the concept first was outlined in his book in 1970 called the Primal Scream. Uh, primal therapy, the cure for neurosis. So it was very popular in the 70s, and it was tied to kind of like this counterculture of the day. Uh, you know, that was kind of very, it was very popular among celebrities. Uh, and basically when you ask like, well, okay, well, what does it do? So the idea is that the, the best way to address that trauma that you have uh, is what, what the guy uh, Janov argued is through a patient recalling and reenacting th- uh, the traumatic experience uh, and expressing that repressed anger or frustration. And that's the key. Uh, so, so through spontaneous and unrestrained screams, hysteria or violence. So not violence toward any, anybody particularly, but just like, you know, just getting out that vi- that scream or like. So, so let's say as a kid you were bullied. Or Smashing like pumpkins. Yeah. So like you, what your the idea is that like you get your mental state back to then, and you just like release that trauma through screaming or like punching a pillow or just ah, you know, kind of a thing. He claimed that. He claimed in his book, 80%, that's a pretty high number, of all ailments could be cured with primal therapy. Uh, The idea is that the repressed trauma over time becomes intensified, and the only way to get it out is to release it through screaming. So how do you do it, is the question. Well, well, maybe I won't say that. I was going to say, man... Uh, there's there's a lot of social justice warriors out there, feminists out there that shouldn't have any ailments. <laughs> ah, when Trump wins the presidency, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so to resolve primal pain, Doctor Janov and in, in, invited patients to regress to their childhood. His offices included cribs. Um, his offices included cribs and toys. Patients were permitted or encouraged to suck on their thumbs. Only once they have reached their former infant state might they access the primal pain that they had repressed. So he actually has like a retreat. I think that's still open today. It's like a, a resort somewhere and you go there and you stay there for like three weeks and they you don't have any cell phones or coverage and you eat the food that they give you and then you kind of like get into this state and then you just kind of scream out and stuff like that. And of course, the question is, well, does it work, right? Uh, and it's hard to tell because people that, pay money to go do this or people that are doing this therapy it's almost like well is it a self-fulfilling prophecy you know the testimonials that you'll hear are typically from people that really thought it worked typically you don't hear testimonials from people are like yeah it's absolutely baloney uh especially 
Well, I think that modern Especially times, people that went and spent like $20,000 yeah. to do it. They're not going to be like, oh, that was a waste. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I think that in modern times, uh, sometimes uh, non-flattering testimonials can go more viral, like on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, but, you know, previously that wasn't really, that didn't exist in the 70s. And it's difficult to avoid the placebo effect, if, like I said earlier. And when, when someone cries and punches a pillow or screams, it can be cathartic and it can release endorphins and it almost gives you like a runner's high. Uh, and this can be perceived as the therapy working. But, you know, that temporarily, that wears off uh, moments, you know, it's only temporary. And so it's just an interesting thing, you know. I, I remember watching one of those movies, you know the show Alone? Yep. Where they go out in the woods and they just spend time in the woods. So one of the guys, he would just, I thought it was always interesting that he would just go in the woods and he's like, I just scream and yell and, you know, cry and all this kind of stuff. And he was like, he was like, being out here has brought me so much more closer to my emotions because I have no societal pretext to mask my emotions. He's like, if I'm feeling sad, I'll be sad. He's like, if I'm feeling mad, I'll yell. And uh, he felt, he was kind of talking about how it really like kind of, balanced him and brought like a, a, a interesting piece uh, yeah there's but, like there's no one to judge my emotions yeah like, and because whatever however i feel mm-hmm. i'm gonna show it and nobody's gonna be like oh he's mad or he's whatever or you're this yeah and that by letting sense. it out by screaming letting it out it like helps with that so i mean how many times at work you're like oh my gosh this guy freaking doesn't get it you know like you're like just frustrated with talking to someone or you're like frustrated with a project i mean i i do uh a mom sigh. Uh, so if I'm working in my office and I'm like this, <sighs> like I'm just like, <sighs> she stands like you're doing the sigh thing cause that mom that your mom does when just like, <sighs> <sighs> like well, I can't get this. I'm like this is not working, you know. And uh, anyway, maybe maybe I need to be a little bit more primal than that. And like <sighs> I just start screaming my head off, you know. <laughs> anyway, that's yeah. that's the therapy. That's the interesting therapy. I saw this. I saw this TikTok and it was like. You know, what do you do for therapy? And it was like, uh, uh, oh, I play video games. And then it like panned over to this guy playing video games. And he was just like yelling curse words at the TV. He was just like, what the heck? This yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, it's your therapy? Or going to roll. Yeah. Dude, oh, side story. So jujitsu can be, uh, can be, that can be violence. You know, you can let out some of that parable therapy. Yeah. So there's this guy visiting the the gym last night, the the jujitsu gym I go to, and he was a purple belt, and he was just like, oh, yeah, I'm just visiting. We were doing some stand-up takedowns. The first takedown, he, he was going to go up against this one guy, uh, probably one of the best guys in our gym, and he literally, we we're just doing one-minute rounds. It was the first guy to go, the first thing, uh, and he blows the dude's knee out. Uh, had to call oh, an ambulance, all this kind new, of stuff. The new guy blew the other, your normal yeah. guy's knee. Yeah, my, my gym, I mean, doesn't have like a lot of like high level belts. Uh, so the new guy blew out a white belt's knee uh, in less than a minute. Oh, and uh, he's like, oh, the guy was like, oh my gosh, you know, my knee, I feel like it just tore my entirety. I mean, I heard a pop. I uh, rolled it outside of his knee. Uh, he thought that he, he was like, my knee was so hot. The guy who blew out his knee, he's like, I thought that like my blood was running down my leg. He thought he broke his leg and like blood was gushing down his leg because he's like, it got so hot after yeah. I like did that. 
And he was like, dude, this is bad. This is bad. He's like, call an ambulance. And I was like, we were all, we were all like, oh, geez, I'm not going up against that guy, dude. And obviously he felt super bad, you know, a purple belt coming. Was it like a risky move or was it just well, like he one just, of those freak accidents? I mean, it was an accident, but the way that he took him down, just kind of, he isolated one of his legs and then kind of the way that he made him fall was just, he fell inside and he just really rolled out on his knee. I think he dislocated his knee that it might have come back in, which I think is what happened to me when I was in that tournament. But anyway, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Interesting. Um, so yeah, that's that primal therapy. Okay. Well, yeah. I might, I mean, hey man, there's some decent facts on it, maybe. Uh, so there was, uh, I looked up to some some interesting therapies from the Middle Ages, and I'll just kind of pinpoint out a couple of these. Actually, some of them were very similar to the Roman Empire. They had bloodletting. That was also one. Uh, in combination with uh, leech therapy, mm-hmm. uh, urine drinking was another one. Mm-hmm. Um, trepanation, which is a surgical procedure where a hole is drilled into the skull to release the evil spirits that cause illness. Oh, or like sc- skull pressure. Yeah, I guess I don't oh, know, but but yeah. it was that would just to, it would release the evil spirits that cause illness. So they uh, just drill a hole in your skull to release the demons, I guess. That's like a lo- um, like a lobotomy or something. <laughs> and this is in like the Middle Ages, right? So they would also do uh, something called mummy powder. So they oh, would, they would crunch up mummies, right? And they would eat it. Yeah, they would grind up mummies, and they would grind them up into a powder, and they would use that powder to cure different ailments, whether they were going to ingest it or put it into creams or whatever uh, else. But it's just like literally ground up mummies. Cringe. Uh, which was kind of interesting. And then another thing they would do for pregnancy tests, they would um, take somebody's, uh, the woman's urine mm-hmm. that thought that, or that was pregnant or that if they thought she was pregnant and they would drop a needle into it. And if the needle floated then she was pregnant, and if it sank, then she was not. Hmm. I feel like that would be a pretty easy test to, to try to replicate. Yeah. But Well, I mean, I that's how they, 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 they tell nowadays if you have, uh, you know, uh, progesterone in your urine, basically, right? Yeah, certain, certain things. So that was interesting. Is it progesterone? Uh, I think it's, I don't know. If you have certain, no, it's like, uh, it's like a certain thing. It's like only you definitely have it if you're pregnant, but you definitely don't. So you normally would have progesterone yeah. if you're not pregnant, but it's like, yeah, anyway. So one of the ones that I dug into a little bit further, all of those are just kind of high level stuff. But I dug into, because I just had a hard time with this one, urine therapy. Okay. Um, also known as uh, urotherapy. Mm-hmm. Sounds Basically a little bit more palatable. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> an alternative medicine that involves using one's own urine for therape- therapeutic purposes, such as drinking, topical application, or irrigation. Irrigation. Um, what do you mean so by irrigation? Irrigation is, for example, um, ear infections, or if you had infections of your eye or something like that. Oh, basically, like washing it, it out was, with. It was used as like, I mean. Potentially, it's just like a saline solution, like right? Wash your it's sinuses a, out with it's your a urine. it's a it's a sterile saline solution, yeah, basically. And so they would you know use it as is irrigation 
for different things in your body. Hmm. So I kind of looked up what are some different things that that urine therapy claims to to correct or cl- claims to um, help with. Yeah, and then h- how do you utilize the urine to help with that specific thing? Okay. And so there's a couple different there's like kind of 10 main things that it supposedly helps supposedly helps with. Um and there's like huge disclaimers on all of this because there's like no scientific evidence <laughs> that supports any of these claims that that using your urine it's not a recognized kind of like valid medical treatment. So a su- this is a pseudoscience, I guess. Yeah, so uh proceed at your own risk, I'll yeah. say. Uh, so the first one is acne and other skin conditions. Uh, urine can be applied directly to the skin to help improve the appearance of acne, or it can be used as an irrigation for other skin conditions. Supposedly, it can help with allergies. Drinking or applying urine is said to help with allergies by strengthening your immune system, kind of like re-exposing you to whatever potentially you yeah. ingested or whatever. Uh, it can help with arthritis. Drinking it or applying it directly to the arthritic area is said to relieve the symptoms of arthritis and joint pain or oh. stiffness. Um, I don't know if that has to be if it's cold urine or warm urine. Maybe if it was warm warm urine straight out the uh, straight out the teat, then maybe the teat. Maybe, maybe, maybe maybe is that, that where urine help. comes out from? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that's a different problem. Yeah, so. Uh, that's a different therapy. <laughs> yeah. Constipation. Uh, drinking urine is said to help with constipation. Um, coughs and colds. Drinking it as well will be, bo- boost your immune system and help fight off infections. Depression. Hey. Supposedly. Nothing drinking, will lift your spirits like drinking some urine. <laughs> drinking urine um, or applying it topically to your entire body can promote a sense of well-being and re- and reduce stress. Oh. Diabetes as well. Hey, man, it's a cure. Um, headaches and migraines, drinking it or applying it topically um, can help reduce inflammation and provide pain relief. Heart disease is it's claimed to help as well as high blood pressure. Wow. So Does anybody do this today? Uh yeah, there are people actually like non. That's like not a fetish thing. It's like actually people. No, want no. It. So so remember that. Um, remember that TV show that it was like weird, something like the lady that could only eat cheesy potatoes or oh my weird addict my strange addiction yeah, or something yeah like my that. strange addiction yeah yeah right so there was this one lady on there that I saw this one time. She had an addiction to urine and basically she i mean she had cups of urine all over the place oh gosh and she would brush her teeth with urine she would gargle with urine i mean she would just dip her toothbrush in the in the the pee in her own pee and brush her teeth with it and she would do she put it she'd bathe with it she would do everything with it because she really believed that it was like you know it comes out of my body it's you know it's it's supposed to be you know, used for me to use to help, you know, cleanse and it's sterile and blah, 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 blah. So, yes, there are people that still do this today. And it's interesting because in kind of ancient times or even not so incredibly ancient times, um, there was a, an occupation of basically like 
urine tasters, really? right? That could taste somebody's urine and they could diagnose potentially them. tell you, diagnose you, oh, you, you know, maybe if it was too sweet that, oh, you have this issue or you have too that much issue. sugar in your diet or whatever or else. Like yeah. That, yeah. And so, um, I that's mean, interesting. That, yeah. Well, I imagine you would be able to tell that. I mean, like, I mean, you take a vitamin B, B or C supplement and it drastically changes the, the, you know, what your urine is. So I imagine you'd be able to taste that difference. Yeah. You know, oh, like, man, hey. you've been eating too much asparagus. Yeah. You've been hitting up that Taco Bell way yeah. too much. <laughs> yeah. Dude, whenever I eat, whenever I eat Honey Nut Cheerios, yeah. my pee smells terrible. Oh, gosh. I don't know why. It's so weird. It's honey just like, Cheerios, dude. so, I don't know, urine therapy. I just thought it was kind of an interesting therapy, but. All right, so the one that I have next is called grounding therapy. Have you heard of this? I have, yeah. So the theory is that like grounding or earthing, is what it's also called, is a therapeutic technique that focuses on realigning your electrical energy by reconnecting to the earth. Uh, there's a little research behind grounding, but smaller studies have been have kind of reported benefits of inflammation, pain, mood, and more. So uh, there. Are, are the, the studies are extremely small, like ten people or, or like less. Uh, the central theory here basically is that the grounding affects living it affects your living matrix, which is the center connector between living cells. So it's this electrical conductivity exists uh, within the matrix that functions as an immune system defense, uh, similar to antioxidants. Uh, it, these folks who would do this believe that through grounding, the natural defenses of the body can be restored uh, through like the vibrations and electrical energy from the earth or from the trees nearby or from the grass. So the effects of grounding um, are interesting. So there have been a couple studies. So there was one study that was examined the role of grounding on post-exercise muscle damage. Researchers used both grounding patches and mats. So these are different ways that you can ground. Basically, it's just like a mat with aluminum foil or something like that that's then wired out to some kind of a spike that's in the ground. So you're technically grounded. Uh, And they measured the uh, creatine uh, kinase. I'm not sure what that is. uh, white blood cells count and the pain level before and after grounding. So the blood work indicated that grounding reduced muscle damage and pain in participants. This suggests that grounding may you know, have health benefits or healing abilities. Uh, there was another research study done that showed that uh, grounding for pain reduction and mood improvement. So 16 massage therapists, you know, 16 is a small number, but they altered between periods of grounding and no grounding, like while they were doing their work. Uh, Before grounding therapy, uh, physical and emotional stress and pain were common side effects of their physical, the demanding jobs. Uh, After the the earthing therapy, pain, stress, depression, and fatigue were all reduced among participants. So, you know, like physical, like massage therapists are very physical with their hands and they're standing up and they're bent over. So it's a kind of an exhausting job. So yeah. it's interesting that, you know, they, they saw a marked decrease in that, but it was only 16 participants. So hardly uh, statistically significant. Uh, 
So some of the things it's supposed to do is, you know, chronic fatigue. Uh, the massage therapist said that uh, they had a decreased levels of fatigue, uh, chronic pain, uh, that the grounding helped them reduce the amount of pain. And just generally, anxiety and depression, uh, supposedly it was shown that even one hour of grounding therapy can significantly improve your mood. And then sleep disorders <clears throat> said that grounding can help you with your sleep. Some people actually put grounding mats in their bed. They say <clears throat> while they're sleeping, they ground themselves and it makes them just rejuvenate better. And also cardiovascular disease. So before you go to bed, ground yourself and drink your pee. <laughs> um, yeah, you have a healthy heart. A couple ways to do it. Uh, walking outside, exposing your skin to grass. Your, whether that's your feet, the soles of your feet, palms of your hands, or just laying out on the grass or in the sand at the beach. Who, who goes to the beach and, and puts his feet in the sand and it feels miserable? Nobody does. So it's just like that grounding effect is like what it's almost like this euphoric thing that they say comes out when you are just in touch with nature. Now, concrete doesn't count. You got to be with your skin in touch with grass or the ground, uh, the dirt. Sand. They also have grounding mats, grounding sheets, grounding blankets, grounding socks, grounding bands and patches. So there's like a variety of different things that they do. But if you think about it, like from like our bodies are kind of like batteries, you know, and they have an electrical charge to them. So if you call it, you can call that chi, you can call it just your electrical charge, but we do have it. And you think about like when you're playing on the trampoline with your kids and then you ground yourself on that metal. It, there's a shock. And so <clears throat> it's interesting when you think about do we ground ourselves outside? Do, do we resync up the electrical vibrations in our body? Maybe that's something we need to consider more. So that's grounding. Yeah, I have uh, seen and heard of people, they'll put these like, you know, grounding pads in their beds and then that it'll attach a wire to it that'll go off the side of their bed and then up and out their window that will, um, you know, be connected to a copper pipe or a copper spike that's, you know, pounded into the ground six feet or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think that's definitely true. I think grounding yourself, if if even if it's just not for, I guess, being in nature and relaxation type, but I, I could see that. Hey, so after your workout, get home, walk around the yard for a little bit with your bare feet, and then jump yeah. in your sauna. Then go upstairs yeah. and take a cold shower and then drink some pee. <laughs> Boom. That's your morning routine. Yeah, that's true. Or you live somewhere where you live by a creek and so you get in the sauna and then you cold get plunge. out of the sauna, walk down the uh walk down the yard down to the cold creek and then dump in the jump in the creek and there you go. Back. Yeah. Um yeah, that's interesting. I had a couple of kind of the I guess the modern day ones that I had researched was uh, and, and these are just kind of interesting therapies, and maybe these are more considered kind of holistic therapies as compared to like just medical therapies. Um, but uh, cupping, mm -hmm. that is a therapy that's kind of popular, but does it really do a whole lot? I, I don't know. I remember the one Olympics where like all the swimmers had all these cupping uh, bruises and everything yeah. else. And it's like, what the heck is that? Hey, man, okay. Michael Phelps won several Olympic golds doing hey, that. And I'm not saying that these don't work. Um, another one, acupuncture, um, reflexology. 
uh, is kind of massaging certain points on the feet or the hands that correspond with other parts of the body. Um, aromatherapy, that one has been mentioned a couple times. Hypnotherapy. And another one that's kind of new-ish is kind of cryotherapy. Oh, yeah. Exposing the body to, body to very cold temperatures. Um, this kind of improves circulation. I think this can kind of be compared to also uh, just cold exposure therapy. Um, mm-hmm. And so those are kind of all some, some modern ones that I thought were were interesting. The the last one that I had, uh, and I'm going to kind of like, I'm going to kind of join these two together, but was electroshock therapy. Oh, geez. And the lobotomy. Yeah. So electroshock therapy, uh, I, I thought it was actually kind of interesting. It's a medical treatment that uses uh, or that is used to treat certain mental illnesses, such as depression, bipolar, schizophrenia. Basically, it involves applying electrical currents to the brain to induce seizures, which are believed to help reset the brain's function and improve the symptoms of whatever mental illness you have. Um, Does it, is there actually any science behind that, or is it just like a way for them to torture people under this like antiquated idea that it resets your brain when you basically shock the living heck out of someone? So I thought that that was just like a t- torture technique for, you know, insane asylums in like yeah. the 60s and 70s. You're going to regret saying that to me. I'm the yes. warden of this place, you know, center yeah. of shock therapy, you know. But it it actually is something that's that's still done today. No way. Um, and so typically it's administered under general anesthesia. A uh, muscle relaxant is given to minimize any kind of discomfort or anything. The patient is unconscious during the procedure, so they do not experience any specific pain. But then the electrical currents are applied to the scalp through electrodes, and they induce a seizure in the person. And uh, basically those electrodes are placed on both temples, and it, it, it shocks that person's brain. They have a seizure. And then after they have that seizure, it is thought that, it, you know, it helps to kind of reset the brain. Hmm. Um, it has been used for over yeah. 70 years and is still today considered a viable treatment option for certain mental health conditions. Interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. Does it? So, yeah, interesting. It is considered kind of a, a last resort over over other treatments. Mm-hmm. Um and it really uh, kind of with with the the invention of modern meta medications and psychotherapy meds and everything else, it's not as as common. But uh, you know, it obviously has benefits and risks. So the the second one is the lobotomy. And this one uh, is it's now largely discredited in uh, um, upon the the surgical community mm-hmm. uh, and it was once used to treat basically mental illnesses similarly to the electroshock therapy uh, like schizophrenia, major depression, mania, um, manic depression, whatever you want to call it and it would involve cutting or scraping away parts of the frontal lobe of the brain. Mm-hmm. And this was thought to 
that that after that it would affect the person's mood and behavior and personality. Uh, it was it would help alter that. And so if they were super depressed, they would. There's a couple different ways of doing it, but a lot of times they would take basically like an ice pick looking thing, a, a sharp metal thing, and they would put it kind of in the corner of your eye and and push it up through kind of your your, your orbital into where your brain was, and then and then they would kind of damage that uh, frontal lobe to change your personality. And hopefully, and this is where it kind of breaks down, hopefully the change that they're making is going to make you happier. <laughs> oh, gosh, right? yeah. But it's just like there's no way to like pinpoint, be, be oh, we're going to do like, be happy when yeah, you're if vegetable. you push right here, it makes you happy. If you push right here, it makes you sad. It's just like, hey, let's just go in there and just push things around and see what happens. So they were first performed in the 1930s uh, and were used throughout the 40s and 50s but they were discredited in the 60s and really just kind of completely fell away after um, antipsychotic medication and, and other treatments um, came to, to, to light. So now lobotomies are considered just a brutal and inhumane treatment mm -hmm. and are, are rarely, if ever, performed for any reason um, today so yeah. i just thought that one was kind of interesting therapy that was used that was almost like i mean who thought that that was i don't know it was kind of one of those ethical things right are you going to put your kid in front of the tv and you know you put 20 kids in front of the tv a foot from the tv and then 20 you know 10 feet from the tv and see if it hurts their eyes over 20 years that's not really an ethical study because you're putting people at risk yeah this is like oh hey we think that the frontal lobe affects your personality and your mood. Let's just friggin' stick something in there and poke it and see if that makes you feel different and see yeah. if that cures you. I mean, well, I think, dude, I in the forties and fifties, trial and error with it. In the forties and fifties, there was unethical stuff going on across the board. Man, the Nazis yeah. were doing unethical stuff. The Japanese were doing unethical stuff. Even the Americans were doing unethical stuff. In fact, there was recently yeah, some true. documents that were that were released that uh, the government was doing some experiments on people, testing stuff on people that were unbeknownst. Uh, and they were like, if this gets out, people are going to think we're just as bad as the Germans, so we can't let this get out. And it, you know, now we, we're, we're learning about it just now. And like, dude, they were doing experiments on people, just like the Nazis were, and, and, uh, in some ways, just as bad. And yeah. so sometimes the, yeah. there, there's no ethical. And you think about like how those insane asylums uh really were in the 60s and 70s and how all that was exposed about how horrible the conditions were there uh, and then that's i mean that that led to them shutting that entire program down uh so pretty pretty crazy i mean that, that's worth the whole episode in itself about how all <laughs> that happened you know yeah yeah for sure so i, I mean i think all these therapies are interesting. I think some of them, some of them have some are backed in science, and some of them are backed in maybe just experience and trial and error. Mm -hmm. uh, and some of them are probably just friggin' superstition that yeah. has nothing to do with anything. And if they help anything, it's just from self fulfilling prophecy or placebo effect. Yeah. Another one that I just kind of had off the top of my that I just kind of think is interesting, but I didn't really look into it much is binaural beats. You ever heard of that? No. So it's basically like 
the frequencies of sound that they, you can play different frequencies of sound through headphones, like both ears, and it will generate like different feelings of sadness or, or gladness or even like the feeling of being on drugs or the feeling of being on whatever. Uh, and so I've kind of tried it a little bit, didn't feel anything, uh, but allegedly, you know, I, I was watching this one video where a guy was saying that when he was in high school, him and all of his buddies were doing binaural beats and like like almost like it was a drug. And really? every his whole high school was doing it. And they were like, yo, this Blinded is... over the intercom. Yeah, this is like, this is, these teenagers are doing drugs and stuff. And like, you know, they're playing the sounds in their ears and it's causing them to, you know, go crazy and all this kind of stuff. And apparently there was one girl that like did this like one like super depression binaural beats and she got so depressed that she killed herself and it became like this huge headline about like teenagers and these dangerous online sounds that they're listening to and like the sound that can kill your child tonight on the news you know and it's just like i think i actually do remember that yeah so binaural beats uh it's pretty interesting there's different frequencies that can make you feel supposedly different ways and so you can go find a chart. I mean, you can just YouTube binaural beats, you know, happy, sad, cocaine, or, uh, you know, whatever. And it'll t- it'll have a beat that you listen to. And it's just kind of like, mm, it's just kind of like a pulsing hum, like, or it depends on the frequency, obviously, uh, that, uh, you know, supposed to make you feel something. Interesting. So, well, what I'll say is that none of this is medical advice. We are not medical professionals. <laughs> uh, this is all... Uh, for entertainment purposes only. So, um, <laughs> except for the part about uh, drinking your own urine, that was medical. That was medical advice. <laughs> yeah, please do that and uh, let us know. Uh, call us and let us know how it went. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, the last one I, I was thinking of is some of these guys in the gym. They're eating like, like antler um, fuzz, deer antler, deer, deer antler velvet, velvet. Yeah. Have you heard of, heard of this? Yeah, I actually took deer antler velvet. What do you think? So basically what it is, is the whole theory behind it. And I think it's a load of crock, but basically, um, deer, they, um, during this, the, the, the season, right. So deer every year, they'll lose their antlers and they'll fall off. And then every season they'll grow a new set of antlers and these antlers grow super, super fast. I mean, it's like in one season, you could have like a whole deer grow this massive rack of antlers. And when antlers first grow, they're not like the bone feeling antlers that you that you have. Basically, they're covered with this this kind of velvety, like a furry type um, substance. And it's called, you know, antler velvet is what they call it. Well, the whole theory behind it is that the during the. So the male deer have these antlers and during the time that they're growing these antlers is kind of like during kind of the end of the or the beginning of rut season and all this sort of kind of stuff. And so there's just massive amounts of testosterone in their system. And that is what helps these these uh, antlers to grow as fast and as big as they do. And so there's a whole bunch of theories about how they use this deer antler velvet is kind of where a lot of this, um, these nutrients and everything from this test less leftover testosterone or everything, um, resides. 
So they would harvest that and then they would, um, you know, put it in pill form and you could take it. It's kind of like you can take uh, uh, bull testicles. They sell powdered bull testicles and a lot of people will take that because there's a whole theory. I guess it's a whole therapy, too. can't remember what it's called, but it's basically like if you ingest the um, organ of another animal, Mm-hmm. then that will help improve your own organ. So if I eat, you know, deer heart, it's going to help my cardiovascular health. You know, if I ingest Rocky Mountain oysters, bull testicles, yeah. then it's going to help my testicles and I'm going to produce more testosterone. So that's kind of a whole kind of belief thing. But uh, yeah, in college, I took deer antler velvet for a while. It was just kind of pill forms. And um, I mean... I don't know if it really did anything. It didn't sterilize me, so that's good. <laughs> hey, that's good. I wouldn't say that I got jacked from it, but I was kind of doing it as I was working out, and it was kind of similar to a lot of other just like natural, quote-unquote, testosterone boosters. Yeah. but Well, cool, man. Well, this has been a great episode of, about uh, interesting different theories. Maybe go try some of these. Maybe some of them don't try. Uh, but there's always, there's science is ever evolving. You know, it's a, it's a practice. It's not a, it's not a exact science. And so, you know, just think about when the, you know, there's the story about the guy who discovered like bacteria, right? And and he was, I don't know if you know that story, but there was a, a hospital and there was all these babies that kept dying. Uh, infant mortality rate was super high in the hospital. And this guy was trying to figure out why. And he finally determined that the doctors, when they were down in the morgue, they wouldn't wash their hands when they came upstairs to deliver babies. And so he started having people wash their hands and the infant mortality rate went down. And so he started like... Like significantly. Yeah. So he went around and was saying, hey, like this is germs, like this germ theory. And they absolutely like destroy they're like you're crazy you're nuts i think they put him in an insane asylum and he eventually was like put in jail or died because he was off the wall insane that there's he was saying that your hands that the doctor's hands could be dirty and uh so it's you know i don't think that we're that you know that type of mentality still exists today and i I think in in some ways where it's just like well, well the doctors can't be wrong you know the doctor says I should take the Pfizer shot. I'm taking the Pfizer shot. It's healthy, right? <laughs> so, uh, you hey, know. who knows? Maybe in the maybe in the future, we'll, we will all be wearing grounding shoes. Hey, maybe so. Maybe maybe, maybe so. That, that, that's actually one thing is they're saying people wearing tennis shoes, they're not grounding, and that's why we're having so many health problems because the yeah. the shoes prevent them from grounding. Maybe that's a, that's a good business idea. Ground Man, yourself. Fauci lied to everybody, but yeah. that's a different story. <laughs> that's a different episode. Yeah. Well, all right. Yeah. Well, everybody, thanks for joining and let's build that creed together. All right. Let's do it. All right.